All right, welcome back to the CRE Pro Show. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, and today we have with us an honor and a pleasure of a great friend, a colleague, a real estate specialist, and a law expert, the managing partner at the Cronin Law Firm, or a partner, I should say, at the Cronin Law <laughs> Firm. Managing. Don't want to get anybody in trouble. Managing partner, a partner, I should say, at the Cronin Law Firm, Hugh Woodrow. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. But yes, I'm definitely not the managing partner. That honor goes to Sabrina Cronin, the founder of the firm. So Sabrina, if you're watching this, please, we respect you and appreciate you a lot, you know, having Hugh here. Sabrina runs the firm. You're a partner there, and, and we're happy to have both of you um, as, 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 as friends and colleagues. So before we get into all of the nitty gritty here. We had you on a previous episode. Appreciate you spending more time with us. Let's just maybe dive a little bit deeper and tell everyone who is Hugh Woodrow? Well, outside of being an attorney, I'm a father of three. Okay. Uh, I actually have a lot of outdoor experience, I guess. I like doing that, a lot of shooting. I enjoy shooting. Shooting films, right? And, and shows. Shooting films, uh, that's what I meant, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, no, but we, shooting is fine, too. We love, I love guns. I used to be one of the owners of a tactical training facility, so that's I got right. to deal with uh, you know, guns and tactical training and federal agents and doing that. That was a lot of fun uh, doing that, actually. And, and uh, like I said, I've had you're, a... You're, you're not a cop, right? I am not. Never okay. never have been a law enforcement agent or okay, officer, no but... Uh, Help train them, which was great. Excellent, even better. Um, and handle a lot of the legal aspects on that end as well, which is a whole other world. But uh, no, I've done, like I said, I've, I've been involved in real estate uh, from day one of my legal career and still am. It's one of my passions. I, you know, I, like I said, I used to run the real estate department up at Diamond Chrysler when it was that for, for uh, another competitor of yours, I guess it would be. But, um, <laughs> but it, you know, it, it was good. And I like that. That's when I really realized, you know, real estate's a really neat area of law that I'd like to deal with. And it's one of the oldest areas of laws but things change even in that and but it's it's interesting to me that even though we have new nuances and new things that happen in real estate today the law can go back a hundred years and still be good yes and that's fascinating to me because i like history as well absolutely there's definitely a lot of changes a lot of nuances but as you mentioned it goes back i mean i'm a, a former title sales professional and you know we're constantly looking back at the chain of title constantly looking at at old laws many of the, the laws today are based on the old laws of when land was being subdivided from you know huge acreage when, when the country was being settled well for sure and and it's again like you said amazing to me going back and looking at the laws or the deeds and the restrictions put on a deed that may be 75 years 100 years old yeah and still good today but you know it kind of brings me into one of the newer things that happened with the statues down down south you know the oh yeah the supreme court down in i think it was virginia decided that it was okay to remove the statue of robert e lee even though the statue was deeded to them and there was a covenant in the deed regarding the property that this statue has to be on this property and they said well times have changed and that no longer applies. So how can you, that's very fascinating. How can you take a deed, it's a deed usage or a deed restriction? I don't know what you would call I, it. I don't know the exact, well that, I mean, it would be a restriction, you know, of, in, removal. of the land written into the deed. So yes, it would be a restriction of, of the land use or a condition okay. to, I, I believe in that state, and I didn't read through the entire opinion, so I don't know the exact nuances, but the land was granted to the state so long as this statue was erected and, and kept in place. Well, the statue was taken down. So now does the land revert back to the grantor? Right. Well, I'm assuming the grantor is no longer alive. So where would it go? And it could go to the descendants of right, that person right. and everything. And 
basically the Supreme Court said, hey, we're, we're in a new age, we're in a new era, and the restriction that was put on the state by accepting this land is no longer valid. Basically, they're saying that restriction is not legal. That's very interesting. So let's just say, like, we drop a deed right now, right? We're drawing a deed, and I'm saying I'm granting this pen to, to Hugh Woodrow, and it's under certain conditions. You're telling me that the deed that was drafted had certain conditions, and then the Supreme Court came out along and said, well, it doesn't really apply anymore. The times have changed. It's my saying more likely that the restrictions that were put in the deed, the Supreme Court decided were illegal. Ah, I see. Because you can't discriminate. You can't. I can't sign a contract with you saying that you can't hire a minority. Mm-hmm. I'll give you this office building. You can run your business out of there only if you hire white people. Right, right, right. You right. can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I think they're kind of likening that to that. Okay, they're I putting see. up a statue which they believe is a symbol of racism, and that's a whole other argument that I don't think we want to get into, whether it is or isn't. But it's a symbol of racism. And they believe that by putting that covenant in the deed, it's an illegal or it's a, it's something that can't be done. Fascinating. So speaking of making up laws, let's talk about what's going on with the U.S. Supreme Court blocking the CDC eviction moratorium. And I'm just going to go on a little soapbox to explain to people my thoughts on this and my feelings. I'm not going to apologize about it. Okay. So maybe a year, year and a half ago, I was very frustrated. Thank God I had gotten out of the rental market because a lot of things had changed. I believed in the end of 2019 that we were nearing the top of the market, and we were. And 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 you know I made some executive decisions with myself and, and my my current wife, and 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 made that exit. And I'm I'm very happy that I did that. I wrote an article about it. You can find the article on my profile on LinkedIn from I believe it was February 8th or 6th or 8th of 2020. Right, which was a few months after I exited, and auspiciously was as things were heating up, you know, in this COVID pandemic, if you will. So, you know, fast forward uh, maybe I don't know six months, a year later, I was very frustrated. I called one of my colleagues, uh, an attorney down in Florida, and uh, I mentioned like, what the heck is going on with the CDTC eviction moratoriums are getting extended? There's all this money available for certain corporations and certain people, and and you know, and 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 all these different things. And I said, I am so frustrated. I'm going to apply for a you know, an economic injury disaster loan. And he goes, do it. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, absolutely. So fast forward from there, you know, a year and a half, and, and obviously I did it, and I'm quite pleased that I did it. And obviously I, I was in my, my profession and my position. I mean, we were closed down for a long time here in Michigan, and I, I, I'm, I'm very happy with the decision that I made. My point in bringing this up is that I was very frustrated, right? Even though I was not a landlord at the time, I was very frustrated that the CDC could come in and say, hey, we're the Center for Disease Control, Control, and we are making a moratorium on evictions. We are saying that if you make under X amount of dollars and you have anything to do with you know, COVID or it's affected you whatsoever, anyone in your family, you don't have to pay rent. And meanwhile, all the landlords are now, for over one year, they've had to pay their mortgages from the SBA. They had you know, some, some, I guess you call it forbearance or whatever you want to call it, for six months, some deferrals for six months. That's been over a year of that being gone and all these eviction moratoriums staying in place and some of these rental moratoriums staying in place. So I was very frustrated as an investor and as a broker. I want to know as an attorney, as Hugh Woodrow, ESQ, the attorney, right? What are your thoughts on what's going on? Uh, I'm actually very happy the Supreme Court ruled that the CDC's moratorium is not valid and they they overreached their authority in in putting that in place and it's pretty much been eliminated. Um, You know, likewise, I represent a lot of landlords and the, the frustration was for real for us as well as the attorneys because we have people that were just absolutely refusing to pay rent 
and we couldn't evict them. Yeah. And, and then it moved on that there were certain criteria they had to meet, and we were able to start evicting people. But I, I had one client who had a guy in his condo that he was leasing out for over a year and didn't pay rent the entire time. It, it was crazy, and, we're like, and we couldn't get him out. And yeah. you know, my client's like, well, I still have to make my mortgage payment. Right. So he had to pay. You know, he had to apply for the mortgage relief. And I'm afraid of what that application will do for his future applications for more Absolutely. loans. Absolutely. Because, I mean, obviously bankruptcy is not a good thing to have on your nope. credit report, right? Well, will a mortgage relief request be a black mark on your Yeah, a loan modification. Yeah, exactly. Land? I mean, it's, so it's that that has yet to be played out, and I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. But, the, yeah, trying to get the, the tenants out who were receiving this unemployment and – Again, getting on my soapbox a little bit, you know, the, a lot a lot of people out there were collecting unemployment that was greater than what their wages were while they yeah, were Yeah, and that's a whole other problem right now. But yet they still weren't paying rent. Right, right. So, so they're living the good life. I mean, you're getting paid not to work. You don't have to pay rent. Yep. And you can't get kicked out. Sounds like communism a little bit. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> but, it, but uh, I mean, it is frustrating for the landlords, especially when it comes to that, because they know these people are get you know their their tenants are getting money but they're not paying their rent so what right. you know and I heard a a thing that I I don't know if this is true or not but I find it amusing I think it is true when the first stimulus check came out within a week the number one thing that had the highest sales were big screen TVs yeah so the the, the thing people and, and most unemployment people bought spiked a TV, like crazy unemployment spiked and most people that got their stimulus check they went out and bought a TV with it and, and look at they the market they didn't markets. pay rent they didn't pay for food for their family yeah they bought a TV yeah and and, and look at the effect of the real estate market the equities market everything plummeted people sold people sold and then all of a sudden everybody who was smart bought right and then right. boom right back up it's unbelievable almost as if there was a plan to this and I, I don't want to go too far into that but yeah. it was very very interesting and Hugh on that note I, I want to talk to you about something I don't know. How many people out in the in the world know this? But I'm I, as a commercial real estate broker and professional, I sell a lot of quick service restaurant, a lot of hospitals, a lot of pharmacies, a lot a lot of different types of assets. We are looking at some of the best real estate, fundamentally best real estate in the country, right? Best tenants, biggest tenants, right? And today they're closing for lunch. They're closing early, yeah. and and people are saying. I'll give you a good example. My wife called me two weeks ago. She says, "Hey, Dan." Why can't I get a cup of coffee at Starbucks right now? It was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I said, do you want the the real answer? She goes, no, I want a cup of coffee. So I told her where to go to get a cup of coffee. But the real answer is, is because it's not economically feasible for these tenants to stay open because, A, nobody wants to work, B, minimum wage is going up and up and up, and C, they're just like, we don't want employees. We want to operate through our drive throughs yep. Very interesting times, and I'm curious as to how you foresee all of those changes affecting the commercial real estate landscape. You know, it, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out because you know, my I, I would not have bet a year ago. I'm sure you did because you know more about the the real estate market than I do. That the real estate market would go up like it has in the past year. I mean, the the residential real estate right now is through the roof, and I'm, I didn't think that was going to happen. I was like, oh my god, because you know what. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with the stimulus that the federal government did put out there. It allowed people to keep paying their mortgages and, and go on. Because when this first hit and the country was getting shut down state by state, my biggest concern was if nobody's working, no one's getting paid, no one can pay their mortgage, the banks are going to go down. If They're that so ever, well capitalized, it, though. It, it, they, they are, but if no one's out there to buy their capital, no one's there to fund them, 
That didn't happen, thank God, because then you're talking about a complete economic collapse of the United States, which, again, I, I didn't think it was going to go that far. Yeah. But I am surprised that the real estate market has come out of this as strong as it has. I thought it would take a lot longer for it to recoup, and it didn't. I mean, it was like a light switch. It was crazy. So you want to know why I believe that that played out the way that we thought it was going to play out? Sure. There's a few reasons. So. I don't know which one to go with first. I'm just going to throw them out there. I'm not going to tell you which one's most important. But number one is that there was a lot of tumult around the last election, and specifically as it pertained to capital gains taxes, right, and the 1031 exchange. And as we know as investors, right, fear breeds inefficiency in markets. There was a lot of fear in both directions. We didn't know what was going to happen. I, as a broker, was like, it doesn't matter because as a broker, we are uh, in the business of transacting and providing value, right? Providing value to clients and to investors and to, to, to our viewers and listeners. And we're also in the business of transacting. So we watched the, the volume just go through the roof. The, all the terms of the transactions were changing. People were going way above asking price, removing contingencies, going non-refundable immediately. So that was a very, very interesting aspect of this. Now, in addition, what do we have? $10 trillion of money printed? Right. Which what that does is that, you know, for everybody who is asleep and not paying attention, that creates inflation. Right. For that sure. that devalues the dollar, which is why I'm so pro, you know, Bitcoin and, and some crypto. And I'm also so pro hard assets. Right. Somebody who's watching this cash is always king. Right now is the time to invest in hard assets. I'm talking commercial real estate. I'm talking land. I'm talking exotic vehicles. I'm talking pristine collateral like Bitcoin. I'm talking businesses. Invest in your own business or other businesses because really the U.S. economy is on fire. And another interesting factor that no one's talking about is the cost of freight. Okay, Cost of freight has been through the roof. Everybody's talking about lumber and you know, I got these toothpicks at home. I call them baby two by fours. We got a little two by four <laughs> farm. But yeah, cost of lumber through the roof. Chips, semiconductors. You're yeah. a guy with experience in that in that industry. Boom, all these supply chain issues were causing problems and more fear, right? Which is more inefficiency in the market. And then a very important factor is what's happening right now. I mean, the cost of freight for a 40 foot container overseas to America in this last year was about four thousand dollars. Do you know what it's gonna be next year? The projection? Uh, it's triple. Uh, so triple would make it about 12. I'm a broker, so I know, only know how to divide NOI by cap rate, right? But it's more than triple. It's actually going to be between 20 and $22,000. Holy cow. Right. And that exceeds the cost of goods in many cases. Yeah. So that's going to force more industry and more production and development and fulfillment in the country, within the borders of the oh, United sure. States. So I say now's the time to invest <laughs> in big cap. Right now's the time to invest in commercial real estate. Invest in a good broker. Invest in a good brokerage. Invest in a good lawyer. Invest in yourself. Invest in your business because that money is going to be worth less and less, and those hard assets are going up, up, up. No, I definitely agree with that, and I guess maybe I should qualify my answer of how we didn't expect the real estate market to go where it did. In that, again, I thought it would go that way. I yeah. just thought it, I thought it was going to take a bigger dive before it came back up, and I didn't expect it this soon. I'm glad that it did, yeah. and by all means, it's definitely increased our work product. I mean, yeah. we're going crazy right now, 100%. Um, with all the transactions going on. Like you said, it's just the trend, the volume of transactions is is two, three times what it was a year ago. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. And, and I, I want to, you know, we've got about a minute and a half left here. And again, you've added so much value to our viewers. I really appreciate it. And, and I want to just stress again, like Hugh's a friend, but 
I, I would not have been friends with this guy off the street. You can you can see why not. But <laughs> thanks. But we're friends now because we came to each other from a business perspective and we helped build each other. We actually invested in each other, not like directly, but I invested in him at an hourly rate, and he invested in me because you know he did things for me that that maybe he wouldn't have done for other people, not breaking laws, but in terms of doing different types of work or working with me on projects that were maybe a little bit unconventional. We invested in each other and we built a great relationship. And through that, we're doing deals and business together, which is, is a message I want to give to the viewers. Invest in yourself, invest in your inner circle, invest in your friends, your family, your, 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 your professions that are so essential to your business so that you can all grow. So listen, Hugh, I've appreciated that. I know there's a lot of great things in store. We're closing up here. I want to know if there's anything, any last piece of advice for me or for the viewers of the CRE Pro Show. Before you make that investment, make sure you got all your legal issues on that buttoned up. I mean, again, like I've said it before, I'll say it again, the details are the details and you got to know what they are and you need professionals to help you out with that. You need professionals to help you out with that. That's why we have the CRE Pro Show. I'm Dan Lukowitz, your host of the CRE Pro Show. This has been another great episode. If you want to learn more about the show and about the course, please go to www.creproshow.com. Again, that's www.creproshow.com. I apologize. I messed that up. It's actually creprocourse.com. www.creprocourse.com. Send me an email, dan at creprocourse.com. And if you want more information, reach out to this incredible individual, a partner at the Cronin Law Firm, Hugh Woodrow. Hugh, thank you again so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Dan. Yeah, appreciate it.